Hi, welcome back to another hour with Crowder. With me, your host Crowder. Like, already a subscriber. subscriber. <laughs> if you're already a subscriber, go ahead and ding the bell so that you can get all of our latest podcasts every Tuesday. Um, hi, hi, you folks. Um, of course, you're probably looking like, ooh, she lost a lot of weight. Well, I did. Your girl finally got it. The dun 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 dun. COVID. I'm not going to lie, like, isn't it ironic the person that's been talking shit about COVID this whole time gets COVID? <laughs> but, um, I mean, I'm just saying, to me, it feels like pneumonia 2.0. It just feels like real pneumonia-ish. I'm, I'm not saying that that's how it affected everyone, but I'm just saying, ain't nothing to run out and cry about, I feel. Um, but if you is running out and crying... I understand why the first couple of days was kind of rough, I feel. But, um, you know, I am I mean, my diet is pretty decent, I like to say. I be trying to get some fruits and vegetables in here and there, and I do drink a lot of water, but that's not going to be the same for a lot of other people. I would just say get as much vitamin C as you possibly can, zinc, all of that other stuff that they told you to do because it really does help. I mean, that's not going to be the case for everyone, but um, I do think that those three things will help you out a lot. But if you can't breathe, go to the hospital. I ain't don't listen to an hour with Crowder and then say, well, Crowder told, Crowder told you what worked for her. I'm just saying but take your ass to the hospital if you feel some other type of way. That's all I'm going to say about it. But while we on the topic of COVID and vaccines and all of that stuff, we didn't even really get on vaccines, but I'm about to take you there because they're actually trying to make vaccination mandatory. We already figured that it was coming up, and I really do feel like they is going to put us on lockdown again. Um, what's the new strand, the Delta um, the Delta and the Gamma strand, they're out, and um, they've been seeing effects from it seeping through. So, you know, y'all be careful for that. Um, but because of that, then they are making it mandatory in some places. I think in France, let me look that up real quick. Dang, I hate putting on these glasses. But I can't tell y'all the news if I can't see it. So... Dang, hmm. all this stuff is in the way. I can't, like, get, like, comfortable. Everything's jerking at my head and everything. Okay, well, in places like France and other places, hold up, because I did not, I wanted to look that up. France, mandatory, mandatory vaccination. Okay, boom, here we go, here we go. France, yep, Fran passes law that makes Corona health pass required for dining and traveling. You see how they trying to get y'all? The things that y'all enjoy, they just going to slap it on there. France Parliament approved a law earlier Monday requiring a special virus pass for all restaurants and domestic travel and mandating vaccines for all health workers. Both measures have prompted protests and political tension. President Emmanuel Ma Macron, uh, I butchered his name, oh, well, he'll be okay, 
and his government says that they are needed to protect vulnerable population in hospitals as infections rebound and to avoid new lockdowns. <clears throat> okay, so we're not that far away from that either. Um, I was watching Fox News the other day, and um, one of the health senates or something like that was telling um, the anchors over there that, yeah, we're definitely going to have to make it mandatory and we have to do it quickly and we have to do it with force. It's been long overdue that we've been giving Americans the freedom. Look at the words that they use, the freedom, which that's nothing that can be taken away from us. But he chose to cho he chose to choose that word. It's been well over time that we stopped giving Americans the <coughs> freedom to choose whether they want the vaccine or not. So with things like um, they're sending people to come to your house to see if you want the vaccine or have you gotten the vaccine, kind of like a sensor vaccine. That's what it kind of reminds me of, like the sensor people that come to your door and knock on your door and want all that information and stuff like that. That's the same thing that's about to get ready to start going on with the vaccines. So it's like, for the people that don't think that it's about to come, it's definitely coming. They're doing it in France. And they, and look at the places that they're doing it to. They're doing it to the places that you enjoy going to. Who doesn't like to travel? Who doesn't like to dine out? They're slowly taking away the little freedoms that we got. And if we don't stop this now, then it will be a problem. They're just going to keep taking away the freedoms that we have until we have no more. And what is that phrase? Um, Americans give, I don't know the phrase, but it's something along the lines of people trade freedoms for safety. And because we're so scared of this virus, then we'll almost give all of our freedoms away to have this sense of safety that the government gives us, which really they're the whole, whole people that created this whole thing. I mean, people like to act, people like to forget things that happened at the beginning of this wave of COVID. How um, the rumor about it coming out of a Wuhan lab, and then oh well, that's just conspiracy theory. Then earlier, and then later on this year, I think about two or three months ago, then they found out oh well. It is some correlation between the Wuhan lab and Dr. Fauci and how it was out of a lab and emails. And then it's just like, oh, okay, well, you know, we're just going to forget that. I just don't understand how we could just keep forgetting stuff that happened earlier in the year about COVID. And then once they start taking away stuff, we forget that. And then we just go along with the program like we didn't hear about all that stuff that happened at the beginning. I mean, I'm, I feel like if you haven't, if we're not going to fight any fight, this should be the fight. This should be the fight right here to let them know that, okay, we're not going to put up with this. You can't tell us what we can get or what we can't get. And yes, this is very serious. And I know that we do have to protect, you know, the vulnerable people that this virus can totally affect, but that shouldn't be um, at the expense of 
you're, you telling me what to do with my body. You know, I just feel like, like I said, if this ain't the fight to fight, if you ain't never fought no other fight or you haven't agreed on anything that the, po- the politicians have done, this is the one to fight because it's not going to stop here. It's going to keep going. Y'all think that y'all are just going to get this vaccine one time? No, it's going to be a yearly thing. It's going to be a monthly thing. And then before you know it, you know, we all walking around with the mark of the beast in our forehead. You know, I, I just, I'm just saying we need to stand up with this particular thing because for one we don't know what's in these vaccines we don't we would like to think because it's science and it's the government and you know one percent of the world did die but we honestly don't know how this is going to affect us they didn't go through a, a a trial run it just seems like they going straight to humans forget the animal you know testing straight to humans you guys are the test dummies now and it's just so funny how like we're all just falling in line for the test dummy position you know like I got it right now and I'm not gonna say I feel exactly fine or anything like that and I'm not trying to um downplay anybody that did had it and feel like you know no that shit felt like death you know I'm not trying to downplay anybody that did have it and they did have a hard time with it but even with me having it, I'm not going to say, okay, well, because I had it and it felt like death, then everybody needs to go out and go get it. No, how about you just go out and go get it and you feel safe with your vaccine and don't worry about those other people that don't have it because the vaccine is supposed to, you know, prevent you from getting it. But no, it's not because guess what? The CDC clearly said that, it's not guaranteed that you won't still get it. So you're going to go out and go get a vaccine. So there, so this is where I'm getting, getting really mad and confused at is that, okay, you, you're going to make something mandatory to get, but it's not guaranteed that if you get it, then you're not going to get the COVID. So what is the fuss all about? If it's not going to prevent you from getting it, then why get it at all? Even if you get COVID, you have a 99% survival rate. If you get the vaccine, what's the rate of you not getting it? Uh, uh, it just doesn't make sense to me. But, uh, you know, that's that. I'm just telling you guys, be on the lookout for all of those mandatory vaccine things because, um, like I said, it's not going to stop there, bro. It's very hard to take power away from someone that you already gave it to. We've already taught the government how to treat us. We already taught them that, okay, we we will exchange freedom for safety, even if the safety is away from the very thing that the government created. So they create this chaos, and then they provide a solution but it's like it's like they're playing the angel and the devil at the same time you know if if you catch what I'm saying or if you understand my you know analogy on it but yeah they're playing both sides they're cre- they created this virus and now the vaccine is the solution and guess what they're going to do that a million times over until you don't have any freedom and we're living 
in um this slavery world, which we already are, but the only thing that's keeping us just completely away from slavery, and I'm not talking about just black people or anything like that. I'm talking about us as the working class. The only thing that's keeping us completely away from being a slave to this government is the fact that we have guns. That's why I think that it's so crazy when people say that we need more gun laws because that's really just you pushing more laws for yourself because the government does not follow their own laws. The laws is not for everyone. The laws is for you. So when you push more laws for something, then you're pushing them on yourself. You're not pushing them for them too. So I'm, I'm not going to go too deep into that because I got two more other topics. I'm not going to stay here long because, you know, I got to go take care of HR Heather. <laughs> she's here, but she's in the cut. She doesn't feel good either. Um, let's go ahead on. Where are we at right now? Uh, 13. Yeah, we're still good. Um, here we go. Here we go. Boom. The new, I really want to go over this topic with my co-host, but they have some other stuff to do as well. And we'll probably recap on it when they do get here. Um, but the new, um, Georgia, the new Georgia voting law, um, it went into effect Thursday. Wait a minute. Hold up. Hold up. When was this published? Hold up. Okay, June. Dang. Well, this is a this well, this is an article written in June, but it is who wrote this? The Atlantic Journal Constitution. That's a newspaper. Eh, I didn't even know that was a newspaper. But um, let me go ahead and read this little insert real quick. Requirements of Georgia voting law begins Thursday. Um, Georgia's new voting law goes into effect Thursday, requiring new forms of ID for absentee voting, tighter ballot request deadlines, and changes to early voting. Part of the law will have an immediate impact on two states' house runoffs after early early voting already began this week, but requirements for absentee voters to submit a driver's license number or ID documents won't be used in the runoff because those races begin under previous election rules. The bigger test, okay, no, I don't want to read that. I don't want to read all that. Okay, legislation gave election officials until July 1, uh, July 1st to implement several provisions dealing with absentee and early voting pending federal lawsuit, including a case filled filed last week by the U.S. Department of Justice are asking the courts to stop the law. So there's a lot of back and forth about this law. And um, I looked into it, and I really hope everybody else go look into, like, the actual um, copy of the new laws and not just go off the news. Because if you look at some of those the, the laws in there, what it really seems like is just that they're doing away with um, the things that was implemented when COVID happened and elections were going on. It just seems like they're like, okay, well, no more of this, like, just pulling up and putting your ballot off in the thing. And um, I think one of them was like, you can't have, nobody can give you food or water in the line. Um you know, just it seems like really petty stuff to me. 
Um, but let me read off some of them because I had them up here. Okay, the requirements of Georgia voting law have already been incorporated into the election country county election directors say. Wait a minute, hold up. I had it, I had it, I had it. Okay, here we go. Absentee ballot requests must be made at least 11 days before an election. ID numbers or documents will be required when requesting and returning absentee ballots. I don't know why I can't say absentee. I want to say absent so bad. <laughs> um, special ballot security papers with features detectable by infringe light, infrared light. Yeah, infrared light is required for both in-person and absentee ballots. So all of this kind of sounds like, like I said, it kind of sounds like it's more verification of who you are and where you're from and less of the things that was implemented when COVID happened. So me, everybody knows this. I've said this a thousand times on my show, even though I've um, walked it back a bit. Me, Crowder, is not a voter. I don't vote. I don't believe in voting. But that doesn't mean that there shouldn't be people that do it. I'm just not that black person that vote. But if you are that black person that vote, I would suggest that you, and, and if this is important to you. Now, let's not forget that, like, our ancestors went through a lot to have us vote, and they went through way worse than having to put their absentee ballot in, ballot in 11 days before an election. They went through a lot more than having to have their ID number or their document, document number, you know, verified. That sounds like ID. Okay, they went through a lot more than having a piece of paper that might be ran by infrared light to make sure that you're you. So if you, like I said, if you're that black person or person that thinks voting is important, I would, I would tell you to just go buy it. Just be prompt. Just be on time. You already know that this is the game that they're playing. So beat them at their own game. I mean, yeah, you can say, well, damn, you know, grandma, she do. Okay, well, get grandma and a whole group of people from your community and go up there all together. That way that y'all got water and all of that stuff and y'all are hydrated before y'all come. Y'all ate before y'all came. Nobody, Everybody get their information together. Check and see if you got your information together before you go up there so that it ain't no problems. Me, I don't have to worry about those problems. I don't care about voting because I just feel like it's a big game. But like I said, all of this does not seem like it's jeopardizing black people rights to vote. It doesn't seem like a suppression. Every black person that I know have identification that they're asking for. These forms of identification that they're asking for Every black person I know have this. Why? Because I, I can go to several black people and 
they've been to a club. You got to have an ID to get in the club. They've smoked tobacco products. Got to have ID to, especially now it's 21 to smoke. So got to have an ID to do that. Um, what else? If you got a job, you have at least three forms of identification. So this doesn't seem like anything that is going to affect the black vote. What this honestly do seem like to me is that this is a suppression of illegal immigrants. That's what it seems like to me because the only people that I can think of that wouldn't have these forms of identification that is sensitive enough to be ran under an infrared light and it be invalid is someone that does not live here legally. Because even if you just come here and you... um you know, you just cross the border or whatever, and you in the works of getting your proper paperwork, they're going to give you a visa. They're going to give you some type of identification So because they want to know who you are too. So it, this to me don't seem like what Kamala and everybody on the Democrat side is trying to make it out to be. That doesn't seem like that to me. Go as just walk in your living room right now and asked everybody if they got an ID and a social. And that should tell you right there that no nobody black or no one that lives here legally in America is going to have a problem with this. Now, the tardiness, you know, not being able to get to the polls on t- in time, that could be just your problem because, yeah, they did kind of lax on that. I think they I, – I seen that no more the second month in the elections or something, then it's a Saturday and they're not going to be taking any polls. And that could be problematic for some people that work Monday through Friday or if they work on the weekend. But um, I think at your job, they have to legally let you go vote. Like you can't get in trouble for that, can you? Yeah. Yeah, um, so legally they have to give you, I think, an hour or two. Okay. You don't. You ain't don't know the damn mic, man. Yeah, but I don't know. Oh. Can we talk about how they closed over seven hundred polling places in Texas, and most of them were in disproportionate, or they were in black and Hispanic communities? Okay. I wish I that you. Okay. Facebook. So boom, we just got an article here. Okay. Okay, but that's not just all that they're talking about. Okay, so Texas closes hundreds of polling sites, making it harder for minorities to vote. Okay, um, I did get this little article from um, dang, this article from HR in the back, because I was talking about voter suppression. And um, it's really interesting because I didn't know that much about it, but I'll read like some little inserts so that this this episode won't be mad long, but did not know this. Last year, Texas led the U.S. South in an inevitable st- statistic, closing the most polling stations, making it more difficult for people to vote and argument, argue, argue, arguably beneficial to Republicans. Um, 
I'm not going to try to read a lot, but here's something that I picked up on. I'll read both. The fact of the matter is that Texas is not a red state, says Antonio Avalano of Jolt, a progressive Latino politician. Um, Texas is a non-voting state. Okay. And then the other one that I read, I wish I wouldn't have got this so, got this so late, but I wanted to read this fact because we were just talking about this um, in the back. Um, I'd be curious to know how many of the efforts were good faith increase the number of options for a voter, but also improve the kind of polling place that a particular voter may have voted in, said Chris Davis, the Williamson County Elections Administrator and former president of the Texas Association of Election Administration. Why the fuck is that so long? Why is that title so long? I almost died. You know, I got COVID, can't even really hardly breathe over here, y'all. Give them five-syllable titles. But um, MacLena, I do not know these people's names, bro. Um, County COP Chair John Cure calls called concerns about closure impacting turnout hogwash, saying that turnout was actually higher in his county after the number of voting locations dropped from 59 to 33. The 2018 mid-election did indeed have higher turnouts than the 2014 midterms um, in that county, though voting also surged more broadly across the state and nation. <sighs> okay, so... You, I'll I'll probably put the link in the description for all of you guys to read. I I could have done it, but it was just hot off the press. I don't know. So, um, what I got from that article is that Texas didn't close down a whole bunch of polls, but they centralized it. They made it to the point where every district, instead of going to just any library in that district that wants to hold voting polls or any school that wants to hold the voting polls, they're like, no, we're going to have one centralized place for all the voters to go to in this district. Because another thing that I didn't know, because I don't vote, I've only voted one time in my whole life, and it was for Obama, and yeah, it was because he was black. But, um... And yeah, see how that bit me in the ass. But um, I didn't know that your vote could get thrown out because you went to the wrong place to vote. I I didn't know that. So I guess it's good that I read that um article because, yeah, I didn't know that. So what me and Heather was talking about before the camera cut out and we had to, you know, I had to read this article so I could get it down packed is – Okay, if you're an 18-year-old and you go to go vote and you don't really know a lot about voting and you don't know that, okay, well, I need to go here to vote because this is my district, and then you go and then they said this is the wrong place and then they throw your ballot out, what is the chances of that 18-year-old going back to go vote at the proper place? Probably slim to none. So I think that it is kind of a good thing that they're centralizing it and just making it one place to vote in instead of just all of these little places that you can go to. 
And with that being and with that being done, the lines are going to be longer, hence why they're saying, hey, you have to do this early because now it's going to be a lot of people instead of the maybe 200 people here that's going to be voting. Now it's probably going to be triple or quadruple that. So to get your vote in because we closing this this deadline early or we closing this at this time and in order for you to get your vote in at 6 then that means that you might want to be here at 4 at the latest so that it can go in and we don't have to shoo you away because the polls close at 6 and you came at 5:45 and now you think just because you're in line that you're going to get yours in so I like I said, this is I feel like this is a community issue, not issue as in it's y'all fault. But I think this is one of the things that if you in the community and y'all think that voting is very important, which I do, too, I'm just not that person to do it. Then you need to be asking your neighbor, hey, when are you going to go vote? Let me go vote with you. Hey, you know. Let's rally up the people that ain't got no cars and carpool over to um, the centralized voting place or, you know, just get together with your people and try to knock this out. Because, like I said, voting is just such a game to me. It just seems like every time we come to a conclusion or like a, a, a median of what's good for everybody, then they come back in and move the goalposts. And I don't know, and this can be seen as good and bad. I mean, a lot of corruption has happened over the years with voting, the Bush era. A lot of people said Obama cheated. A lot of people said Trump cheated. So it's like if we all concerned about people cheating, then why wouldn't you want stricter voting laws if you're that type of person that vote? Me, I would want the game as strict as it needs to be because I would want to, especially if I had all the stuff that, you know, I needed to vote. I I would want it to be a, a pretty, like, close-knit. I, I want it to be supervised correctly because I don't want nobody cheating no more. I want the person that I put their name on the ballot to be the one that it counts for. But, you know, this could be seen as good and bad. I I see it as both ways. I see the people that are saying, hey, this isn't right, because another thing that I said behind the scene was, okay, well, if I'm a person that is um, not near public transportation and that library is where I voted for, you know, five, six years, and now they have taken that poll space away from me and – I don't have anybody to have a ride with or nobody's going to take me to the polls, then that's one less, you know, person that have voted. And, you know, I'm that person. And, you know, if you're, like I said, I don't want to make this long and drawn out. It could be used for good. It could be used for bad. It just depends on where you at. I just feel like if you're that person that vote, you're that person that, wants everybody to vote, then do your rounds, go to them rural cities, get those people together, carpool, get with your community leaders, get with your community organizations. And if you see this as a problem, then just go ahead and deal with the head on show, 
the government that it don't matter what you put in front of us, we still going to vote. It don't matter what you telling us, we still going to come out here and we going to show you the number and the the power in numbers. Just show them what you guys can do together cuz that's the only way that y'all are going to beat beat this voter suppression thing. Me, I don't vote. I don't really too much care about that. I just see this as either a a illegal immigrant problem or something that is causing more verification for your for your identification. More more rules to voting so that there's not they can suppress the cheating more, not suppress the voters, I feel. But um yeah, I don't want to drag that out. But thanks for that article. Thanks for that article. She she I did. Oh God. Why do I have to always go so long? Let's talk about something fun. Let's leave something for uh I do I do want to go over the Trump sues the I don't. No, we're just gonna keep it short. Let's go. Let's go fun. Um, Lil Nas X he did a new video. Got some bussy popping out at us in the jail. <laughs> you got those bussies popping out. I'm not even gonna lie. Like I'm really hard on um Lil Nas X, but. You know what? Like I said last episode, he really is my guilty pleasure. Like, I hate that his songs are so fucking catchy. I hate them. What did he got that that new one with Jack Harlow? What is the name of that? Industry Baby. Industry Baby. Like, I'm really hard on him, but, I mean, I now I can see that this is just this guy's personality. This is just him. I don't think he's doing it for an act anymore. I think that he is hardcore... Full throttle gay. Yeah, he's gay. You I wonder if he's a top or a bottom. I think he's a top. You think so? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Well, he just came out with a new video, Industry Babies, and a lot of people is giving him a lot of backlash. Um because, well, he got um guys dancing naked. Of course it's pixel pixel um pixelated in the video, but he got guys dancing in the video. He's in prison. You know, um, I'm not mad at it. A lot of people gave him a lot of backlash, but I'm just like, okay, well, you clearly see that this is who this guy is. He ain't harming nobody at this point. I don't like the fact that he always up in some kid faces over there talking about coming out and shit, but, and, you know, kissing niggas on stage and shit. I don't really like that, but... This you can control your kid watching a lot, and that's where people are pointing it to. Like, oh, he just keeps doing this in front of kids. Well, turn your fucking TV off, turn your TV off. That dude's grown. Like, yo, kid ain't supposed to be watching this type of stuff, anyways. So I'm just to the point where I'm like, okay, now if you ain't know, if you didn't know from him being on Twitter saying what he said, if you don't know from him sliding down the pole into the devil's lap, giving him a lap dance, if you didn't know from the BET Awards, if you didn't know from him kissing a nigga on the BET Awards, that this is the type of dude that Lil Nas X is and that he will continue to be, then that's on you. You can't keep screaming out, oh, we keep doing this in front of the kids, but you got your kids sitting there right in front of the damn TV watching them. 
you gotta get a mic, bro. I can't. You just sounds choppy. Just use the good one. Use the good one. We're gonna we're gonna hey folks, we're gonna sanitize this whole room before Rick Rock and Malik and Ellie and everybody get back. You know, we we just in here. We needed a space to film. But yeah, HR has about to get on to okay, tell us some facts. So he used his prison themed industry baby video as a fundraiser for the bail project. What's the Which is project? a nonprofit that is combating mass incarceration. See, we was talking shit about him. Well, I wasn't talking shit about him this time. Last week I was talking shit about him. But this is what he said. Music is the way I fight for liberation, but true freedom requires change in how the criminal justice system works, starting with cash bail. I know the pain that incarceration brings to a family. And I know that disproportionate impact that cash bail has on black Americans. There are so many stories that call on us to take action. And I invite you to join me in this important civil right issue. I mean, when this was posted, he had already raised $5.6,000. Well, see, I'm not mad at that. I'm yeah, he's, he, I, I fucking love him. I love him so much. Like... Everything he stands for. He's funny as fuck. He's such a troll. Like, he loves inciting violence (laughs) between people. Hey, hey, hey. Don't say that. That's that's a crime, actually. (laughs) (laughs) And you know that I'm the same way. I love riling people up with social justice issues. Um... And now that I know the backstory in behind it, I'm not mad at it. And even if that story wasn't in behind it, I still wouldn't be mad at it because this is who he is as an artist and a person, even behind the scenes. Now, do I think that he's this flagrant um, outside of his um, art? No, I think that he's probably just a regular guy that likes to joke, just like any other guy, just likes to joke and mess around with you and all of that stuff. But, um, like I said, I mean, we can't be be mad at the way that he um, present his art. This is how he presents his art, whether it's the way, whether it's something that you support or something that you don't support. And now that I know that that's the story and behind it, bravo. You know, I mean, he's always been a guilty pleasure of mine, even the Old Town Road shit. Like, I couldn't get it out of my damn head. I felt like a five-year-old singing that shit in my truck. Got the horses in the back. <laughs> yeah, he's. I've I've always followed him on Twitter. He's so funny. Yeah. Like everything he says, he's a meme god. He loves <laughs> memes, and like I don't know. It's just he's really, really, really funny. I wish I knew him in real life. Yeah. He's a very funny guy. Yeah, I think he's funny. But bravo for that. That is another thing that needs to be swiftly um, corrected uh, injustice in the criminal system. We was just talking about that today at the house about like going to jail and how they treat you like anything and you literally are a slave whenever you're in the system. I mean, I won't say any names or anything because I don't know what legal uh, like what legal like things will happen to me if I start like saying 
jail names and shit like that. But a lot of, like, I think everybody knows that I went to jail, you know, for 18 months. And um, I was telling Heather about this story that, like, in the summer, well, I, I guess I'll start it from the beginning. Um, it's like a, like a saying that people be like, don't ever say ever. And when I got out of jail, I always told people, I'm never going back to jail. And people would be like, oh, don't ever say ever. And I'd be like, ah, fuck off. I'm never going back to jail, bro. Because, like, you don't know. Like, when people be like, nah, bro, that shit is wrong in there. They think that they they think of criminals as like, oh, well, you deserve it because you broke the law. Well, yeah. You did break the law, but you don't deserve the shit that they do to you in there. It was one time, and this is the smothering, hot-ass heat of Gatesville, Texas, where it ain't shit out there, no trees, no nothing. You couldn't run if you wanted to because nine times out of ten, you're going to run into another prison. So it's just like it's hot as hell. We don't have no AC in the unit, and three girls are like, um, what's that, seizure-prone and you know, with seizures, if you get too hot, that activate that activates your seizures. And mind you, we didn't have no AC in the unit. And boom, one girl has a seizure. Maybe three hours later, boom, another girl has a seizure. And then right after that, another girl has a seizure. And I'm just looking around in my bed like, okay, are we gonna call the ambulance? And like the nurses from like the um, front office just comes in and gives them water and props their head up. And I'm just looking around like, what the fuck, man? Like, okay, like, damn, you know, the, where's the real help? Because <laughs> like, this ain't the real help. This isn't what is supposed to happen when you have a seizure. So what what's going on? And it dumbed on me at that moment. And actually, not even in that moment, but it was that moment that it was like, oh, shit, I'm a slave to the system. But along with that instant and that there's COs that mess with the inmates and there's deals that um, inmates can cut with COs to, you know, get themselves out of trouble. And, you know, you see it all the time. Like, you see a CEO favor one inmate nine times out of ten. Something's going on with them and that inmate, you know. And in a couple of people did get fired that year that I was in um, prison because we had found out that they was messing around with the inmates. And we don't know if that was against their will or um, – was it mutual or whatever? And sometimes that shit don't be mutual. It all be like blackmail. Like, okay, well, I seen you, you know, slide some chips over to bunk 207. And, you know, that's grounds to get you kicked out. So what you going to do? It, it can be any of that stuff. And that's when it dumbed on me that, dang, that's no different from the slave master's you know, raping the women on the plantation, you know, that's no different from the um, unjustified living conditions that slaves went under, you know, being in um, their cots with no AC at night and eating trash-ass leftover food. And, you know, it's no different from that. So that's why I'm just like, yeah, that, if, if he, if Lil Nas X is doing that to correct, the justice system and shine some light on that, 
me as an ex-con, I feel them. And I'm, I don't care, dance naked, all you want on screen. If you, if you get, if you didn't already got what, $500,000, what, $5,000? You got $5,000, something like that? Mm. How much do you raise? I mean, when this was posted, which was three days ago, it was five point six k. So, if you but I mean, that his song is already number one on the charts, and it just came out yesterday. So, okay, well, I'm not I mad mean. at it. Shake that bussy, boy. <laughs> shake that bussy. You know, um, did you hear what Jack Harlow said? He was like, "I don't even. I wouldn't even mind being in the shower scene." Have you seen the whole video? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, well, it's a shower scene where... Where they're all naked, right? Yeah, where they're and, all naked. Yeah. yeah, and Jack Harlow gets on Twitter and he's like, I, I would do that video over again even if um I was in the shower scene. And Lil Nas X is like, wait a minute, hold up, we got to do the remake. <laughs> well, that's that's a man that's secure in his sexuality right yeah, there. Yeah, I, I feel him. I mean, I, hey, do you, Lil Nas X. I'm, I'm tired of getting on you. <sighs> well... I'm tired as hell, you guys, and we got to get home. I just really love chilling with you guys, hanging with you guys, even though you guys ain't even here. I don't even know why I'm saying that, but I love, like, conversating with y'all. I love getting the episode out. I really love an hour with Crowder. I love doing this, and not even COVID can take me away from putting out an episode every Tuesday, and that is an hour with Crowder. Boom, follow Follow me at An Hour with Crowder on Instagram, An Hour with Crowder Facebook, um, Crowder the Great on Twitter, and um, catch us on all streaming platforms, Google Play, Apple Play, Anchor, Spotify, and you're watching right now, YouTube. Boom, we out, baby.